Good morning, everyone. Today's reading is from Ephesians chapter 1, and we're reading from verse 1. And if you're reading in your Bible, you can find that on page 1173. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with the pleasure of, with his pleasure and will. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfilment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. Did anyone else actually get thwarted by Sue and Amanda, or was it just me? Did anyone else think that Amanda forgot it? Thanks, Helen. Good. It wasn't just me. Good. That was impressive, and it was a perfect introduction to the talk. I could have just used that. Because we are thinking about today, how do we think about our whole life? How do we think about it? And where does God fit in? And Amanda highlighted um, that with the kids for us, and that great verse about all of life is loving God, and none of it is uh, God isn't in the cracks, is he? In between all the things we do. He lays over everything we do. So let me pray, and uh, we'll get into... uh, this fantastic passage today and what I've done is I've broken my own rule it's the last time I'm preaching here uh, with you so I thought I could break my rule and you can't do anything about it Uh, so there's outlines that aren't in the booklet um, that are being passed around uh, that you can grab so it's double-sided I just thought they um, they will be really helpful to uh, come along so I just decided to do that this morning uh, instead of giving you a blank outline um, in the book so if you want to write notes you can do that in the booklet um, but I've just filled out a bit more detail highlighting the passage for us today because I really want you to see the passage come out uh, today. Let me pray and let's get stuck into it. Heavenly Father, we give you great thanks. We give you great thanks that we can be here today to hear from your word. And as we are here together and as we've already been reminded that You don't fit in the cracks of our life. You are over all our life. Help us today to see that you are in all our life 
because we are made to praise you with Jesus at the very centre of everything we do. Amen. So, uh, I want to ask you the question, how would you answer, what is it all about? What is life all about? How would you say, I am convinced I was put on this earth for? How do you finish that? I am convinced I was put on this earth for the abilities I have to do my job. I am a really good engineer. God has given me those gifts so I can be an engineer. I am a really good nurse. I'm a really good teacher. I was put on this earth to be a parent, to raise kids, to love them, to cherish them. That was what I was put on this earth for. I was put on this earth to play sport. I have that gift and I can use it. I remember hearing many times Serena Williams saying that. I have been given the gift of playing sport and that is what I have been put on this earth for. Or maybe to sing songs with all my musical ability and to share that with others. Whatever you say it's for, often we think, if that's taken away from me, either I've taken it away or someone's taken it away from me or it's just life's happened, without it, I have nothing. What is life all about? Whatever you are good at, whatever you find value in, meaning, acceptance, where has God given you purpose? I want to suggest today, your life is about understanding where you are in God's plan in history and where you are heading. That is what I want you to see today from this magnificent passage. It truly is a passage that highlights for us how great and big God is and what you are here for. And what actually you're supposed to say, without this, I have nothing. And you can see on the outline I gave you there that the top of it gives away the answer to the rest of the talk. You were made for praise. You were made to praise God. Every single human being was made for praise. Why? Well, I want to show you in this passage four reasons that show us why we should praise God. You can see how in, in, the, in the four sections we've got praising God in the passage and then there's reasons why or things that highlight our response is to praise And I want to draw that out for you today and for you to realize, yes, this is what means I have value and all my life is about. When I put God in that pie chart over um, all the things I do in my life, it is God who I praise and give all glory to. Let's have a look at this great um, passage. I'm just going to highlight different things. It's not like when we did Ephesians and I'm going to go through every, every section of it and break it down. And that way, I want to highlight praise, and then I want to highlight the very center of everything. So let's do that today. 
the first point there. You can see God has given us every spiritual blessing in verse 3. See what it says there in verse 3? Paul, writing to Ephesus, says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ a really significant that is a very uh big bold claim god has given his children those who love jesus he has blessed them with every spiritual blessing not some people have some blessings and you get more as you do different things in this life It's that every Christian gets every heavenly blessing. Let that sit with you. The God who made you is saying your eternal picture, the heavenly realms, is that you have been given everything that I could possibly give you that you need. Every spiritual blessing. What happens in this passage is he goes on to give the picture of the scope of, of, uh, of history from God's perspective and what Jesus has done and shows how uh, humans can be saved by Christ in Christ through what he's done. That our spiritual blessing is Jesus giving us life into all eternity as we hear about him uh, choosing us, saving us, making us his children, redeeming us. By his blood. We have everything we need. Don't ever think we don't have enough from God. The extraordinary thing is we are blessed with many things that God hasn't promised while we're waiting for our uh, spiritual blessings to find their fulfillment in the heavenly realms. We are blessed with each other. We are blessed with the church community. We are blessed when God provides us with just our um, daily needs. To all the things that we have, we have, God gives us so many blessings. But the ones that he promised that go into eternity, every spiritual blessing in Christ. That is why he starts off with praise be to God. If you're here today and you love Jesus... You praise God because you know the picture of eternity is far bigger than you can imagine. The second reason, we are his loved chosen children. Verse 4 and 5, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Now, how much do you express appreciation for those who love you? It might be a challenge to you for the times when people that love you and you haven't actually expressed your appreciation for love for them. But actually, that's what we do, isn't it? When someone loves us, we express appreciation. 
for them. It's what you should do with uh, family. It's what you should do with friends. It's what you can do to people you've just met. You just, don't, you just don't love them in the same way as you might love a spouse, but you'd love them the same way when they've done something for you. You appreciate it. You express it. We're reading here, God, who's made us to be holy and blameless in his sight, in love. In love, he's made us his children. And so we express this uh, appreciation with the praise of his glorious grace. Now, one of the things we can do to truly understand this is to love the big scary word in this passage. The word that has many debates and many people feel uncomfortable about. And you can have those debates, but the problem us silly uh, humans do sometimes is we just have debates about, well, what does predestination mean? And we don't realise what a wonderful word it is. In love, he predestined us. It is a word that you've got to understand is shows God's love. In love, he predestined. It's a, it is actually something God has done. Can't say I don't believe in predestination because it's right there. You've just got to understand what you mean by it. In love, he predestined us for adoption. What is it saying? It's saying, despite all the big theological discussions and arguments we can have, at its core, it's saying... God is so in control, so knows you, so gets everything. He has planned to choose you to be his children in Jesus. That is, God so loves you, his plan is to have a children. And it's not just like we have kids and they're just your kids and you love them. I didn't choose to have my three kids, Emily, Chloe and Ethan, God blessed us with them and gave us to them, to us. (laughs) That is the joy that we have. But here we're seeing in love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus. That is, God has chosen you to have a relationship of a father-son relationship. So at its core, we're not getting into the the, the, all the big questions of how can God choose us and how can we actually still be have responsibility and make choices and all those things. We don't need to do that today for this point. All you need to take on board is that God loves you so much that is his plan to choose you. Isn't that extraordinary? Isn't that why it then goes on to say, to the praise of his glorious grace. God so wants you to know. You trust in Jesus His plan is for you to be his adopted child. Amen to that, right? How good is that? We're made for praise. That's the third point there. We are made for praising his glory. Verse 11 and 12. In him. See, the in him comes up again. I've highlighted that. We'll get to that later. In him, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. In order that we, who were the first to pour our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. We were made for praise. 
that we might be for the praise of his glory. Now, I could get... Um, oh, look, let me grab the guitar. Jacob, is this yours? Trust me. Um, <laughs> get in the guitar. Now, this guitar, if I determined to make it... Uh, my plan for this guitar is to make it the, the drum for the cajon. All right, I'm just going to get the cajon. What I'm going to do is I'm going to bash this like this, okay? And let's see how it works. You ready? Shall I do it? Right? I'm going to bash it. And I'm not going to use my hands. I'm going to use this. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do that, right? Because it'll break. And then Jacob will never talk to me again. Right? But quite clearly, if you don't use things the right way that they were made for, they don't work well. And when you bash a guitar into something else that way, it breaks. We were made not just for praise, but for praising God's glory. And we often praise, but not for his glory. And sometimes it's not wrong. I had to get one in, right? I did a lot of praising last night. It was a pretty good night. Well, you Strikers fans, all i got to say is bad luck. It was awesome. Right? Thunder one, and it was very, very good. And there was a lot of praising going on in our household. But if that was the centre and focus of life, what a disaster. For some people, it is. For some people, celebrating a victory or praising a band or, or doing something like that is the centre of their their praise. Whereas actually that wasn't praise last night, that was just celebrating and having, having fun and uh, enjoying uh, uh, leisure activity. But when you turn your whole central life around something else, like sport, what happens? You are praising, you're made for that, you're supposed to do that, but you're focused on the wrong thing. You might be for the praise of His glory. So when you do those things, you do them in a way that honours God. That pie chart again, I didn't speak to Amanda, but it was absolutely perfect. All of life is you do it in a way that brings honour and glory to God and ultimately praising Him. And then you have specific times when you sit down, like we do today, in all the things we do today together, should be praising God. And we have moments when we sing, and that's a heightened moment where we gather and we praise in, in song as we reflect on his word, or uh, we pray, or specific acts of praising God. But when you're eating breakfast, you should be praising God. It's just not as a verb. Even actually, without um, uh, uh, taking a man down, even when you're sleeping. Because even when you're sleeping, if you sleep well, you're praising God so that when you're awake, you can actually be in a better mindset. To, to live well, and I've learnt that this, this year actually, I've, I've had to really work hard at getting better sleep, forgetting last night, and so sleep is a good thing, all of life, can you see what I'm driving at? I thought this is just the one thing I wanted to give you today, you are made for praising, the last reason we're made for praising God, it's the big scope of the Bible, verse 14, verse 13, 14, I'll read from 13, and you also were included in Christ 
When you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. I'm banging on about praise because Paul is banging on about praise in this passage, you see. And here, it's because this isn't a hope that you have. If we go back to being adopted to sonship, it's not, wouldn't that be a nice idea? I wonder if that's going to happen. And so we praise him. Oh, do you ever have that temptation to think, I hope I'll be in eternity with Jesus? Do you ever have that, oh, oh, it's not, not the guaranteed hope, but that I think it'll be okay? Well, we praise God because we're not supposed to think that way. We have a guarantee. And the Holy Spirit is there guaranteeing it for us when we trust in Jesus, when we have the gospel in Christ. Our inheritance is guaranteed. One thing that's guaranteed in life, I was trying to think of all different things that are guaranteed, and I tried to think of something that's, I suppose it's more negative than positive is, but there's one thing I, I know that's guaranteed in my life. The bank is always wanting a monthly repayment on the house. It's guaranteed. They're not just going to go next month, ah, we'll leave it this month. It's guaranteed. In Christ, your sonship, the redemption that you have, is guaranteed more than that. It is ironclad. You see there, the guaranteed is guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. And here Paul is highlighting that redemption, actually it has happened, which he talks about before, but it's going to happen when we are finally pulled out of this period waiting to be renewed and we're out of completely out of slavery and we're with Jesus in all uh, freedom and eternity. Redemption is something that has happened, it's happening and ultimately finds its fulfillment and will happen in all eternity. Why? Because Jesus went to the cross in love because he determined that through this way he will adopt us as sonship by dying for us. This was his plan that he was working out according to his will. That Jesus would pull us out of slavery is what redemption is. The slavery to sin. That is what Jesus has done. And I want to ask you today, do you have clarity on what you're made for? Do you fall into the temptation of doing the praise in the white line of the pie chart? Or do you need to reconfigure everything? You know what, I have done that a little bit. My whole life is to praise God. He has done this. I have every spiritual blessing. Eternity is waiting. Jesus has saved me. He's made me his son. He's got me in his hands. It's guaranteed. And maybe today you've never actually thought that that's what you were made for. That you, you haven't been following Jesus. Maybe today as you think about that, you think, Jesus, there's a lot to take in there. But as you cut through it all today... If you hear that you're made to praise God and you realize that you haven't and that you need to turn back to him and trust in Jesus, then from this point on, 
you have all the hope and promises I've been talking about. You have now a life where you praise God and eternity is waiting for you. And you can make that decision today if you have that clarity. That would be amazing. That's what you should really wrestle with. And if you're not sure, you should keep coming and wrestling with it and thinking about it. There's a very good chance there's at least a few people, maybe some that have been here for quite a while, and you know deep down you haven't truly trusted in Jesus. Look at this passage and see the hope of eternity and what you made for and you're not living it out. Can I encourage you to trust in Jesus and to live for his praise and glory? I would love on my last day for you to talk to me about it if you wanted to. That make me nothing would make me more happy. If you've got a friend here, you're going to chat to Luke, anyone. But don't go thinking I've got lots of questions and not dealing with it. Now, the last point over the page in the outline that I wanted to highlight. If we're made to praise God, let's remember what everything's about. All of history is about Jesus. And so therefore, what's it not about? You. Look at verse 9 and 10. This is kind of like a little verse that summarizes God's plan of the whole Bible into everything and the whole of history, right? He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put in effect when the times reached their fulfillment. Here it is, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. God's project is to have Jesus, the Lord of all, for all time, as he is, and to bring this world that has turned from him back under him in a glorious, eternal picture, where he is the centre of it all. To bring unity to all things in heaven and under earth. It doesn't seem like that does it in this world. Sometimes Jesus gets a mention. We have the privilege of being in a country where we can come together and talk about him with freedom, but you certainly wouldn't say in Golden Grove, Jesus is at the centre of everything, would you? He's tolerated sometimes. In other parts of the world, he's not tolerated. You mention him, there's death. In other parts of the world, there's fights and arguments. There's a, there's a shift in culture in Australia where to say everything's under Jesus and Jesus has certain views on how you're supposed to live. Well, that's offensive and how dare you say that to me? He's not the centre yet in the way we live. But all of history is going to reach that fulfilment. And so it's not about you, it's about him. The amazing thing about the Bible is that To make Jesus the centre, God has included us in that. We are united to him. You see how in the passage I highlighted the all, in him, in Christ? As we are saved, as we are made new, as our sin is dealt with, as we are made perfect into the new heavens, this new humanity comes as Jesus is the head, as he is number one, we are brought into that. What a privilege that is for us that Jesus is the head and it's all about him 
So I always want to finish with those three, uh, uh, highlight these three reflections. The number one plan is about all things being united unto Jesus. And so I was thinking about it, and you know how in our, um, in our booklets, ever since, actually I should have grabbed one, in our booklets, ever since uh, we've had them, in the front there we've got who we are, and this has changed this week, no, it's still there, um, we will never stop talking about Jesus, we desire to be a Jesus-shaped community, and we seek uh, the good of the wider community. Those three things were intentionally there, intentionally talked about, because everything's about Jesus and being united to him. We will never stop talking about Jesus. My promise to you as I leave is that wherever I am, I'm never going to stop talking about him. I hope you can promise me that while Groves here this week and continues on, God willing, for many, many years, with many more people, the one thing you will never stop doing is talking about Jesus. Because everything's being united under him. And so, my second point is, the Bible, God's plan in history, is not primarily about you then, is it? And that is why we desire to be a Jesus-shaped community. That is, not that just we say he's the centre and that everything's about him, is that when we figure out how we're going to live our life, we determine that Jesus has the answers to it. That Jesus and what he's done for us shapes the decisions I make about what I do. That Jesus is the one who shows me actually how I treat others. Shows me how I deal with sin in my life first before I think about how to relate when others sin. Jesus shows me how to live a life of grace as his grace has saved us. We've got to shape and mould ourselves the way Jesus is. As John Sott said in his last talk, I think, ever, that he gave, um, all of life, I realised, all of Christian life is about discipleship where you're supposed to be growing in Christ-likeness. That's what we're saying. That's what you're committing to as one of his children. And because it's all about Jesus, we are supposed to be united to him. And you've seen all those in him, in Christ. It's a deep personal relationship. Now, if that's what humanity is supposed to be like, then your task, if you're going to grow in Christ, is to want others to hear that. Is to want others to realize, you know what? I need to be united in Christ. Even when they tell us, I don't want a bar of it. We still want to offer Jesus. And you know what's amazing? When we do that, when times are hard and tough, that's when God often does amazing things. And so we want to continue to share the gospel into our community. Brothers and sisters, praise God all your life and have Jesus at the centre. Praise God for what he has done. Be a praising church more and more. And I'm not talking about specific um, uh, Christian activities as much as they should be. I'm talking in all of your life that people, when they see you and come across you and meet you, they will say, this is a, uh, a church that loves God and praises him. I want to finish by saying, I praise God for growth. For all of you, for the many other people that have come for a period of time at Grove and have 
uh, moved into other places in other parts of the country and, and all sorts of other things that happened. We've had many great relationships from day one. It is one of the joys of my life and one of those blessings that wasn't promised but it's been extraordinary that I've got to share that with you. And I praise God for all of you. You praise God for each other. You don't praise each other, do you? Notice that? You praise God for the blessings of relationships that we have. And so I want to finish by just saying, keep Jesus at the very centre of everything you do. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, as we think about what our life is about, it's not about being put on this earth to do this or to do that or to find identity in the gifts or abilities you've given us or the jobs or tasks we have or the relationships we have. Help us to see beyond that, to raise our eyes above that and to see that all of life is to praise you. Thank you for giving us life in Jesus. Help us to not be content with just hearing about it or knowing it, but help us to continue to want to come back to you, to deal with sin, to grow into Christ-likeness. Help us to praise you in all that we do. And Father, we desperately yearn that more and more people will praise you. Amen.